everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. And you know what, James? I'm what? not even going to do a weird bit. I'm mm. just going to immediately kick off with, hello, Melissa. Welcome back. Hello. Good to be back. It feels like only moments ago we recorded our last episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were breaking out of this podcast prison just mere moments ago mm. uh-huh. to yep. jump into podcast freedom, which is this episode. Uh, right. Yes. It's all fire, no matter which one it is. Um, so we are, uh, this is the fifth and final part of the Rescuing the 107th uh, five-part miniseries that we've been doing. Uh, this one I called Explosive Reunion, um, oh. which is fun. I didn't put an exclamation point there, so Explosive That's Reunion. That feels, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna change that. I'm going to put an exclamation mark. It's not in my notes, though, so... Well, oh. I'm adding um, it, because you had one for Commandos on the Loose. Right. All right, so... so it needs it. Um, Here's what happens in this scene. Uh-huh. Rogers continues on to find Barnes, who he discovers in a separate room where he's being operated on. We'll come back to that. Schmidt, seeing the prisoners escaping and Rogers moving through the facility, sets the factory to self-destruct to cover Hydra's operations and evacuate to another facility. As the building begins to detonate, Schmidt confronts Rogers on a high catwalk where he makes light of his similarities to Rogers following their mutual use of the super soldier serum. Schmidt expresses his belief that they have risen above the visage of normal humans. Visage isn't, isn't the right word, but I couldn't think of a better one. Um, And it is funny because a face thing is about to happen, which is what visage means. Um, Before revealing his face to be a mask, removing it to display the red skull-like face that earned him the sobriquet. Is it sobriquet? I've never pronounced that word out loud. Sobriquet? Q-U. All right, so we're going to go with sobriquet. Um, The red skull. Schmidt and Zola make their escape. I said Schmidt in a helicopter, rocket, Uh jet. And we'll come back to that, which I'm very excited to talk about. And Zola in Schmidt's car. <laughs> While not Rogers to paint, not sorry, not a scratch, not a scratch. Doctor. They're like two. They're like two. Uh, two people le- leaving rehearsal, but one of them is not uh, going to be driving their car home. Um, <laughs> while Rogers and leads Barnes to the roof, Barnes walks across a narrow beam to the other side where the exit is. But just as he gets across, the beam breaks off, stranding Rogers on the wrong side. Rogers backs up, judges the distance, and jumps. He is halfway across when a large explosion obscures him from the camera, and we are left not knowing if he made it across. The good news is that there's like another hour of movies. So, <laughs> yes, if Captain is. America, star of the first of several movies and right. also many other spinoffs, maybe made right. it across, maybe he didn't. We don't know, is the thing. What if Who he can didn't say? make it across? Listen, everyone knows that by the end of this movie, <gasps> Steve Rogers, by the end of this year, Steve, damn it. Neither of those work. I was going to make a joke that like he goes into the water. Forget it. Anyways, uh, cut that, cut that, cut that. Um, mm-hmm. So okay. first of all, let's. I'm going to hold Colin to task. So Colin, you jumped ahead uh, into the into the this scene with your uh, surveillance talk, huh? Uh, I guess I did. And see, the the person at fault here is me because once again, the cutting <laughs> of that scene, the, the early cutting, one, yeah, was wildly because like I started taking notes before they were out of the prison. And then I looked at the time, I was like, oh, nope, 
Not yet. Wait, so, no, but when he says when he says the thing about the camera, that is definitely before one oh two thirty one. All right, hold on a second. Let's do this live. Yeah, Whoa. I'm looking at it right now at one fifty three. He's looking at a little screen that says Uber Washung. That's absolutely not what that should say. Yeah, at one oh two thirty one. It says he's looking at Uber Wachung and uh that's Overwatcher. Um, which is for fun. me, it's one oh one fifty three. Let me see one oh one fifty three. Maybe we're looking, talking about two different things. Yeah, because he's definitely looking at like a little CCTV. Yeah, he says what is happening, mm-hmm. and then yes. he hits the alarm, which is why right. you said that. Yeah. So it may be that if we go back and check, it's me that that jumped into the wrong scene. But let's not go back. It's. And check. I think part of it is also that you come back to both of the scenes. Sorry, not you specifically, but like. It cuts from the pandemonium to that room, right? Back to the pandemonium, right? And then it comes back to the room, and so you started this scene with the second, Ex- yes, right iteration of the room. So, yep. Here's the embarrassing place I find oh, myself. Oh, he does, in. yeah. Mm-hmm. You were like, and then he hits the alarm, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He mm-hmm. hits a bunch of different buttons to set the self destruct, and you're like, yeah, okay, what? Yeah, okay. Let's talk about that for a bit. And then, okay. and it turns out that uh, that I was um, that I was wrong. But so in this scene, <laughs> um, let's move swiftly on. Uh, good luck editing that, buddy. Um, <laughs> I have two things. I don't actually have a, a guest or a host. Um, again, this the cutting of this was. There's so much in this scene. Um, there's reveals of skulls. There's. Uh, someone dr- tossing someone else some keys. Um, there's all sorts of things, including but not limited to the reunion of Stephen Bucky. Um, let's talk about that real quick first. So uh, Zola is running to his green lab to go get all his papers, uh, but not take down any sort of important maps or whatever. And um, of course not. <laughs> um, he's forgetful. Um, I don't think he could reach them. Actually, can can I bring that up? All of those maps were at Steve's eye level, yeah. the one that's on the wall. Yeah, and Arnim Zola is like super short. Yeah, he had a drone do it. <laughs> I mean, step stool. Yeah, yeah, that was the name of the drone. Pro- a um, problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he uh, so he Steve basically catches Zola leaving with all the paperwork and stuff. But before he can run down the hallway, the like 15, 20 steps to Zola, mm-hmm. he hears a man sort of groaning in a room. And that is what the Bucky's. captions say. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just, sorry, real fast, just because I had this thought uh, right after we finished the step stool thing, I uh-huh. also suddenly had the image of him calling the Red Skull down to his place and being like, I, I, you can't see my hand, but then at, like him having to put him on his shoulders mm. so that he could put, Oh yeah. he's just like, I, this is humiliating. And he's just like <laughs> on his shoulders. He's like, Oh, thank you. You're like, this is very, you know, very, very important. Yeah, that's yeah. Fun. Or just like lifts him up, like under the arms, like he's a toddler yeah. so that he can reach it. And he's like, you know, I can't reach uppy. You know and he's like? It's oh. very fun. <laughs> I like you remember this. That char- remember that character brick from the, what if that got his ass yeah. kicked by, I like to think that in this universe, he is just like an office intern that's like, fine, mm. I'll put up this one too. Can I get more thumbtacks? Some more scientific thumbtacks. And they're like, glow, they glow blue, but all they do is hold up the, the thing. Right. Uh, um, so he walks in and uh, uh, 
a man who it turns out is Bucky is muttering to himself. He's muttering, uh, Sergeant, and then three two five five seven. Yep. So though, so he that is his rank and serial number. Presumably, before Steve came in, he said his name. When you're being interrogated, I have learned from the media and nowhere else, you say those three things and that's it. So in this MCU wiki synopsis, they say they operated on him. I think he was either being he was being tortured or interrogated or something in the in the realm of tell us where your friends are, whatever. Agreed. Because if you're just operating on him, that doesn't require a response. I mean, you know, maybe he's just being sort of he's just going back to first principles, but like there's no like, yeah, he's just tied to a, you know, a cha- uh, you know, a table. Yeah. So. But yeah, I but I did have this this thought briefly that like the, the the progress they made with like these interrogations or tortures or whatever. They're like, you know, this guy we could brainwash this guy. I'm just saying. Like, I don't want to, you know, if we like found him again, just saying, if we did I'm going to take some notes on what if we wanted to brainwash this guy. That's all. I I got this brand new red star notebook and uh, I'm going to start writing in that one. My thought on that has actually always been that, although they don't explicitly say it, because I think that he probably would just consider it to be torture. I think that this was the start of the. Right. I think that like, it's not that we could brainwash him. I think it, he's already begun that process in this moment. I mean, I feel like it feels very similar to this to the chair that they put him in 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 later movies in order to. Yeah. You know, I was I was also starting to wonder that because when you when you break down scenes like this and I watched it like three times in a row, I was like, huh, this is interesting. No, not at all. This is truly on like the most granular level. Yeah. Yeah. Really getting into this. I'm like watching Steve Rogers look at a map. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. What Pointedly is he? look at a map. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah. He has incredible like oh, memory of maps. Right. Because yes. like he looks at a map, not like, okay, I'm going to get super close to the screen here. I apologize. But like to me, if you have a map on the wall, if you're going to be like, here's the line and like the locations of things, I'm going to have to be like, Okay, is that that looks like maybe five miles out yeah. of this city? Okay, so, okay, and then memorize that right. But instead, he is quite literally like, okay, I, I don't know how to dictate this, but like, quite literally like ten feet away, going, uh, okay, got it, and then just like running away. Well, I think Did that, he also gets super sight. I mean, he's a huge nerd. One number one, like he brought books to boot camp. You know, I'm, that's all I'm saying. No, no shade. So he probably is up on his geography, and he can draw. Like and a he nerd. can draw. He's yeah. He right? has a future career as a as a as an artist. Um, but I think that one of the things I think there's a little bit of a callback to that again that same uh, you know disintegrate your enemies uh, scene where the guy's like, hey, Berlin's one of these places. I think that you're like, okay, there's some stuff there. You know. The, the 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 icons that are in these map of Europe are probably the important places. All right, so there's one kind of up north. There's one by like Spain or Portugal. There's two down here. Yeah. And then if you look at a map later, you can be like, all right, well, that's either random Italian countryside or Florence. I'm gonna go with fair. Like yeah. probably um, the city. Well, yeah. Might it actually be the random mountainside because that's where their bases would be? Oh, that's Maybe. true. That's Maybe. true. Mm. Mm. Thing what, to if consider. what if the Italian uh, 
the Italian uh, arm of Hydra is just really metropolitan. They like their espressos and sort of the city living, so they have their base. They have their base in 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 the city, like uh, like the SSR has theirs in in Brooklyn. All right. Mm. Hmm? Mm. Yeah. All so, possibilities. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, there are there are things on like uh, IMDb trivia and MCU stuff about like if you look at the map, you see that the northernmost one is I think I think the northernmost one is Tonesburg, but I'm not. It's something it's something where it's like Easter eggs on the map. Anyways, mm. oh okay. So uh, one of the things that really tickled me and and sort of warmed my heart was how quickly uh, I'm in the middle of battle. Haven't seen you. Super worried about you. Steve and I was literally just uh, in a, in like catatonic agony. Best friends fall back into banter, and that's the truth. Like they are just like one, two, three, joke, 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 and I really, really love it. Yeah, it's it is it is really great. They really. <laughs> I, was, uh, Bucky, I thought you were dead. I thought you were taller, or I thought yeah. you were smaller. Yeah, smaller. Bucky says, uh, "What happened to you?" Steve says, "I joined the army." <laughs> I I also wonder if part of that is also to try to uh almost telegraph to almost telegraph that he hasn't been broken yet. Mm. Because like right. for him to sit up and immediately be like we can be this way together mm-hmm. versus being like, you know, Winter Soldier activate, you know. Okay, so first of all, yeah, I agree that he has that same smirk he had on at the World's Fair with like the well, you know, I'll be, I'll be danged. Like he has like, like (laughs) whatever. Um, and I just had this thought, and I know that we're we're actively like looking forward to future stuff. Uh But if you're, well, let me say this: I think that torture and brainwashing start off the same, so they may not have even be been like, let's brainwash this guy, but like, hey. This guy is already through steps one and two already. We could just do some more and that would be fine. Um, what if yeah. they like br- preliminarily brainwashed him to like mess up on the train and get like. I have also thought of that. So Listen, the fact that he falls so fast yeah. in that moment. He's like, let's I have go. Frequently thought, I have frequently thought of also about the fact that uh, the Howling Commandos, he is the only one they ever lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I was always like. He also died in a place where he could be retrieved. Yeah, you know, all that. initiate also, Leroy Jenkins protocol. Super far. Yeah, he falls. It falls super far. Yeah. for I think a person to actually be like alive. So that has. I feel like there has to be something in the concept of like part of this was. Yeah, just designed. You know, for yeah. him to be like ah ice, something that can freeze me, much like his good friend. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I must become the winter soldier. I'll wait until it's winter. Mm. <laughs> he, he, and I have he, to be trained like, to be the winter soldier. So I'll wait until it's winter and I'm on a train. Wait a minute. And then it they they try the to do that same mission before, but in like March yeah. or, or I get, no, we'll say September that. Cause I, I want to get be closer to, to winter time. And he goes, no, it's too soon. We can't do yeah. this mission yet. Bucky they're, kept they're twisting his us. ankle. He was so clumsy yeah. that fall. Can't really be the <laughs> that fall. fall. Yeah. Can't be the I'm, fall soldier. He's the fall soldier, soldier but he's yeah. like, don't call me that. But you keep <laughs> falling down. Um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that goes into, 
uh, when they confront uh, Red Skull in the you know exploding room in the room where all the explosions happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they and call it Red Skull's like, "Hey, big fan, big fan." Um, and then they talk for a little bit, and then Steve punches him like he punched Hitler, but Red Skull isn't Hitler. Right. And He's so he super soldier guy, but also uh, not resilient to Steve to super soldier punches is the plastic mask that he's wearing because that thing just starts to kind of just fall apart. Yeah, you can see his like eye socket. Eye. Yeah. 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 yeah, start to come through. I I feel like okay. Obviously, we know who this guy is, right? right? I mean, if you're if you're anyone who like knows who the Red Skull is outside of the movies, right? Um, then it's like you already know who he is supposed to be, right? Yeah. And seeing him go through the process but not showing the final result, you kind of like, ooh, at some point we're going to get that reveal. Yeah. Um, if you're someone who's never heard of or seen the Red Skull, that reveal probably was like wild the first time you saw it. Right, you're Bucky but even, in this situation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even if you've seen this character in comics, Right. I knew eventually it had to happen, but I yeah. wasn't sure what was going to like like get us to that point. Yeah. When he did the hit and the first time you see that like something shifted, I remember going, "Oh my god, it's already happened." Like yeah. thinking that like it was going to be maybe this exploding stuff was going to burn him and it was going to, you know, it was going to leave him like that, like kind of black mask almost like uh in uh uh in DC comics. Mm. Um, he wore like a black skull mask basically mm. uh-huh. uh, as like part of his like get up and then it gets like burned onto him and so he can never oh, nice. remove it. Uh, yeah. Like Baron Very, Zemo. Kind of, yeah. But with less of sort of a, a nice uh, trendy mm-hmm. knit cap oh, yeah, yeah. look. For sure. Um, and so, yeah, so I was wondering if like that was kind of what we were getting but the fact that it was like Oh no! This whole time I've been missioning, mission impossibleing you. Right? Wow, that was an insanely hard to say. Back on his I'm mission impossible, mission impossible bullshit. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stop plosives in that. It's really yeah. You can't really wrap your mouth around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought you said stopped explosives, and I was like, you know, the explosives do take hard, a long yeah. time in yeah. this scene. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, nope, that's not. That's not what she's saying. Yeah. Anyways, no, I'm being really yeah. nerdy about like I love uh, it. addiction. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it very much. Um, but a, a, addiction, addiction is nothing to laugh at. Um, it's true. But uh, it is something to speak clearly about. So <laughs> the uh, the thing that got, got me. Thank every you, s- Melissa, for coming to Timeline Scavengers <laughs> so much. Um, we really appreciate you. Uh, let's get that at one more time. All right. No, go ahead, James. The part that I kept seeing when I would watch this scene that really bugged me, he pulls off the mask and you're like, oh, Red Skull. And then he pulls off like the back part yep. that was the, like the, I'm like, like the oh, that's attention to detail that is very upsetting. Like he's like, oh, and the back part on the back of the skull, don't forget that part. I thought Ugh. it was hair. I thought it was his hair that he pulled off at the back. Oh, that's worse. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, oh, that's so much worse. I like it better, but it's so much worse. Right. <laughs> I, there's something also about that that is also like to bring it back to, uh, yeah. Well, actually, all three of us have done theater, so I guess that mm. I can. I'm I'm not gonna push James out of this conversation, but Thanks. I feel like any theater kid has at some point probably dealt with some form of like, you know, fake hair, prosthetic, whatever that required like spirit gum. 
you know what I mean, or something like that. No to James. Okay. What is Spirit like that, Gum? No, I'm joking. I'm so, I took because so that no, I took sucks too, to so. take off. I mean, if you're supposed to use a you know remove or whatever, but if you have to for whatever reason, yeah, like you know pull something off or whatever, that that smarts. I feel like that's mm. probably similar to being waxed. I've never had that happen, sure. but like I feel like it has to be a similar situation because like the way he pulls that off. You know that he's strong, so it's not that he's like, "Ooh, this this hurts, this stings." But the level of agitation mm. on that second pull is like, yeah, yeah. Ouchie, 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 ouchie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's, ugh, makes my skin crawl, makes his skin fall, fall. Um, yeah, 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 <laughs> very gross. Mm. And then there's a, there's the, also the whole thing about like, so Hugo Weaving was performing as someone. Who was wearing Hugo Weaving's face, but underneath Hugo Weaving's oh. face is Hugo Weaving's face made up as a skull. Like, it's That's, like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wanna know. Movies are weird. <laughs> I wanna know how this makeup day happened. Yeah. Because right, clearly. We'll, <laughs> we'll cover your face, and then we'll cover your face with your face. Sit down. <laughs> That has to be CGI in yeah, that moment. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. So what I think probably happened was he was doing most of the movie with his real face, like right, Hugo right. Weaving's face. And right. then in that moment, there was some sort of CGI that happened. And then he, the yeah. only prosthetic is the actual red skull. I will say, though, that his eyes are already bloodshot and red when we yes. see him in that scene. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, listen, I am just starry-eyed and full of just naivete. <laughs> but in my mind, this scene, he did get the get the plastic mask on, and uh, no CGI was involved at all. He said, "Just a sweet, sweet summer boy." But um, <laughs> hey, it's possible. That would be I, that I would like be to incredible. Think that. Yeah, yeah. Hugo Weaving was like, "No, no CGI." We're doing it. Give me three faces. A mask um, on, mask on face. Mask exactly. on mask. Yeah. What? What if Red Skull had to go in disguise? Hugo, no. We're not putting <laughs> a third face on you. Oh, come on. You already have what one. At least a mustache. What if I pretend to be Bucky? They, they, like, they actually like. They're like. Well. No, no, no. I get no. Probably not. Let's not do that. <laughs> if we get a Captain America too, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then the, the the picture the the image of the of the face falling down into the fire is is pretty and also horrific in in kind of a leather face kind of way like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of way. Yeah, we we love that. Uh, we love to get the gory details. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Hang on one second. Okay. It actually looks a little bit like me, but Schmidt's my face is actually the mask that he wears to pull off to. Get around the world. Sorry, I'm listening to him actually talk about it. Oh. So, okay, what I think, based on, I'm going to try and pull up this video for you right now. I'm going to send it to you guys uh, and go to two minutes in, basically. Um, And it shows the reveal happening, like, on set, basically. Um, I mean, part of it is in the actual movie. But I think what happens is, is I think these are two cuts put together. Um. I believe what is happening here in this shot, because they do a cutaway, is is something happens. And so th- the part where you see the – sorry, I'm like really on the mic. I'm so sorry. Uh, the part where you can see like the red under his eye and stuff like that and everything's bloodshot, I'm pretty sure all of that part is CGI. 
And so what happens is that when he goes like this and reaches down, I just covered my mic to do the motion. I believe when he pulls on his face, they cut to Steve for his reaction. And when they cut back, you actually can no longer see Hugo Weaving's like face, right? Uh, because his arm is con- like kind of covering it and he's already halfway oh. pulling it off. So at that point, he is in the prosthetic pulling off a piece of rubber but I don't think it's actually designed to be his face in that moment. So I think it is I think it is two things being put together with honestly very little CGI to complete that motion. That's great. Uh, but the cut to Steve is what's covering the fact that they clearly shot those two moments on separate days or separate moments. Um That's so cool. Yeah. But it's a cool thing and it's very interesting to hear Hugo weaving talk like in this moment, because like I obviously know he doesn't talk like that, but that like like the Red Skull. But like when you have been watching this movie so much, right, for the podcast, and then you cut to an interview with him, and oh, and he's talking a little bit, you know, Hugo. And you're yeah. like, what? What yeah. the hell? Who is <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> I I love uh, nerdy nice guys that play really good villains. I like them Ooh. almost more than than any other like behind the scenes actor because like, oh, like he's Mark Hamill. He's just a really. I guess Mark Hamill, but like more like like I don't think of Mark Hamill as being a villain because I know he does voice work and whatever, but like he's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> okay, I I I do understand that like by like by on screen, yeah, right. I don't, his I don't face, hear we, his we voice not as, sounding like the voice that is the only thing that I hear him being when he's being a villain, and which think, is Skywalker. But I mean, like Joker is like I mean, like he is the best Joker that's ever existed. But I love it, like, you know, Alan Rickman, like, was a big, like, uh, where it's like, yeah. you're just a big sweetie, but also terrifying. Like, a, yeah. just a real, don't like it. So um, wonderful. Yeah. That's why I like Do you Loopers. have a favorite, Melissa? Um, Gosh, there's... There's so many good examples, um, and none of them are coming to mind except for Alan Rickman right now. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, he's he's really fantastic. I'll think of it in like a few minutes, and then I'll interrupt. <laughs> right. As we're saying our goodbyes, you'll go, blah, just like yeah. blurt someone out, which is totally fine. <laughs> I'm James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. <laughs> I'm – says name out loud. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. The uh, the uh, In the new Star Wars movies – the guy with the red hair, whose dad was was um, Matt Moody. Hux. Yeah, Hux. Yeah. To watch him in that and be him, watch him be a complete asshole, and then watch him in About Time and be just this this you know melty peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like just this like mm-hmm. aw, that's kind of <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like yeah, it's like I've seen you be sadistic, but right now I'm like oh, I hope he time travels to get the girl in time. Um, I guess what I'm saying is About Time is an enjoyable movie. That's good to know. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, does Christopher Lee count, by the way? Oh, sure. Because, like, Christopher Lee was, like, cool as hell. Yeah. Just in general. But, like, he was also, like, this major, like, swordsman and, like, soccer player. Yeah, like, metal I just feel musician. Like he was into, yeah, exactly. I feel like he was into just so many things. And I feel like that is kind of, like, a nerdy thing to just be like, I'm going to get involved in so, like, you know, just, like, really in. Uh, in uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, Involved. Just immerse yourself oh, yeah. into so many mm-hmm. different things, and then, like you know, seemingly a delightful man, then turn around and be like, "Yes, young Skywalker, let me, you mm. know, I will destroy you." You know, like be Dooku to be uh, Saruman. Um, I think what's those might more? be the only villains I can nope. think. Yeah, of. he's one I more mean, very he's famously. Been one more. Oh, I know. Very famous. 
Actually, you know, truth. Okay, this is probably not the one that you're thinking of, um, but he was also the villain in the second uh, Captain America movie in the 1970s. Oh, interesting. Oh, what was his? What, who was he? I don't remember because the problem is I couldn't get access to it without paying like five bucks for it, and I was like, mm, nah. yeah. But like, I do remember seeing the the list for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who who's the other villain that I'm th- forgetting? Dracula. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I've thought of one um, okay. because I've been watching a lot of Star Trek recently, mm. um, and Jeffrey Combs plays a great kind of villainous hmm. character, but Je- he... who is Jeffrey Combs? Oh, who isn't he? Um, <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, he's been in a lot. He, he's actually played like seven or eight Star Trek characters. He actually played two different characters in a couple of episodes of Deep Space Nine. Like he was like two different, completely different, you know, mm. uh, species, in fact, or aliens. Um, and yeah, he he's like totally slimy, but by all accounts in real life, he's just the best. <laughs> Just the best, I love incredible it. actor. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's really good. I love Very it. deep dive there for all the. He was Star also Trek in the people. movie uh, uh, Beethoven's Treasure Trail, which was the uh, eighth Beethoven movie from 2014. So he's been oh, truly, wow. truly in anything. They named the um, movie Beethoven's Treasure Trail and just released it, and that's what you can do when you have lots of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, other other folks that I'm uh, now thinking about: Tim Curry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, sure. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. That might be all that I can think of, but that's what I've got. Yeah. yeah. Who are like who are like every time you see them? Oh, Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like these are people who are like you know anytime you see in like you know interviews or at conventions or whatever they just seem to be genuinely like really nice people. Yeah. Um, just like absolute delights and like fun to be around. And then they turn around, they're like, ha ha ha, I'll destroy you. Oh, you know? Oh, um, and of course, um, Giancarlo Esposito as well. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I can't believe I forgot mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he's he is super, super nice, but he is haunting in, yeah. in the things that he does. Oh, so good. Yeah. If I if I can take us in this is this a similar direction, but I, I also want to mm-hmm. point out um when people like Robin Williams play really disturbing villains, that's that's another sort mm. of area where I'm like, oh no, oh no, Mork, no. He played a, a I think a serial killer in One Hour Photo, mm-hmm. I think. That's right. Hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. And like, just like I can't think of, I don't know, like a like a Jim Carrey sort of deal where it's like. Oh, cable guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. Is sure, cable guy for? will work. Cable, cable guy work. Cable right. guy will work. Wow. Um, so I don't. I can't think of another time that he. Oh, duh, the Riddler. I was like, oh, I can't yeah. think of another time he's been a villain. Yeah. Forgot about the Riddler. I but. guess that counts. <laughs> yeah, some, I mean, it does. Some Batman villains are like <laughs> right on the edge of. Um. Oh, and um. Speaking of other villains that are on the mm. edge of things, uh, of mm-hmm. course, there's Loki, who's kind of like, oh, sure, mm-hmm. he's yeah, a sure. villain, but uh, and right, only good things he doesn't have to be, yeah, yeah. Also, well, I mean, only good uh, things about Tom Hiddleston. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And congratulations. We're recording this on June 16th, 2022. Uh, he just got mm-hmm. engaged a couple of days ago. So congratulations. He did. Yeah. Um, we know he, we know he's a big listener, a big fan. So yeah, thank you so he much. He really for appreciated our, our coverage of those two or three Loki scenes. Um, so he did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he and Eric Martin. Yeah. Good friends. Yeah, exactly. E-Mart. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stand by my, my decision to say that. So sure. Um, I mean, and then of course Anthony Hopkins, um, yeah, as Hannibal oh. Lecter is the is the ultimate in like, yeah. do I like him? Am I afraid of him? What is? I don't. I want him. I don't know what. I, I don't know where I stand, but I know he's doing a great job. So, so good. He and Malcolm McDowell, I feel like, are very. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, um, James Earl Jones. I feel like is. I mean. I feel like he seems like he's a delight. Yeah. I haven't seen much of him being like mean. And then voice. I, I understand he's not physically the embodiment of the character, but I mean, like, you want to talk about like a voice that's iconic? Oh yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like Darth Vader and that whole thing is like, ooh, yeah, ooh, one of the greatest villains I think uh, that's been on the silver screen. For sure. The two super soldiers, good and bad, yes. uh, attack each other mm-hmm. and the skull comes off and whatever. So then, um, well, not the skull, the face the skull comes, cap off. comes right, off. Right, exactly. The yeah. skull cap comes off. Exactly. Um, the skull Captain America comes off and <laughs> they, uh, then the red skull punches Steve's not vibranium shield and right. makes a, a fist dent in it. Mm-hmm. And then they do a whole bunch of, a couple of like back and forth that ends with Steve kicking, um, a wired up Hugo weaving across the uh, the walkway, and then Zola. In what I really like, because it's a very toady move, is like, oh, lever, separate them, you two, mm-hmm. no more, no more. I'm just gonna, we're gonna get out of here. Everyone, stop fighting. You can't fight. I pulled the lever, um, and then uh, then we have uh, Zola and Schmidt get in an elevator that goes up to the single passenger uh, rocket ship uh, thing. Right. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment and talk about that real quick. Yeah. So that Please is do. called a, a Trebflugel, um, and it was a vertical takeoff and landing uh, VTOL, as Marvel loves to constantly have. Uh, mm-hmm. tail sitter interceptor aircraft for local defense of important factories or areas which had no which had small or no airfields. So the story behind this is they designed it. Nazis in 19, in the 1940s designed this thing that we see. And then uh they hold on like the cameras lost the, cameras. the war and didn't um get to make their planes anymore. So it just oh. so on the Wikipedia it's like, you know, st- concept only or whatever. But like, again, the idea here is that Red Skull or, or Zola or someone was like, this is a good one. Let's whip that one up. Like, you know, the largest 3D printer. And so <laughs> the idea of it is it looks like a rocket and it does have rocket propulsion to go up, but it also has like helicopter blades that take it up. And then basically you tip it forward and then it turns into a plane. And then you kind of do the opposite to land it. So... You can get it's sort of like you know it parks itself sort of car deal. You can put it in a very tight position and uh, smart and like that. Yeah, that's so interesting. My goodness. Yeah. So, um, it's wild. It. I think it's. I love it when it's like this thing that seems super far fetched was far fetched, and they only did like air. T- you know, air tunnel tests on it or whatever. But like, 
it's not like we made it up for this movie. This is an actual thing that uh, right. was actually designed. I think it's really fun. I, cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that yeah. they that they looked into that and yeah, yeah. did it for the superhero movie where they could just legitimately yeah. do anything they wanted. Exactly. To. Most people exactly. would just be like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that it's a good way. It's a good way also to ground yourself in. Okay. So in the 40s, what would have been the like forward thinking technology as opposed to mm-hmm. what in 2011 is forward thinking technology? Right. They have Wi-Fi on it. Well, actually, that's a that's a bad example. Um, <laughs> that was actually one yeah. of the worst examples. Thanks, Hedley Lamar. Um, call Howard. So the other. So basically, in the saddest, uh, most pathetic voice, uh, Zola says, but where will I sit? I guess thinking it's going to be sort of like a Dr. Evil situation where he just sort of, you know, posts up on the lap of, of Schmidt or something. Um, <laughs> just hoping. But in like a cool Comfy. senior move, you know, senior of high school move, he hands him his keys, which has a single like skull keychain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, not a scratch, doctor, not a scratch, and walks off. And uh, I think that's really cool. So, yeah. Yes, and then... What, let's 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 discuss, and then we have just one more sort of mm-hmm. ga- final gambit uh, before the scene is over. Anything yeah. else to uh, discuss about the um, who's driving where and in what car sort of deal? Yeah, it took me a second to kind of catch it because it's such a subtle little moment with the with yeah. the car keys. I'm like, not a yeah. scratch. What the heck does that mean? Oh, <laughs> exactly. okay, yeah, exactly, yeah. They yeah. love to do those little. They love to do those little things, and right. and mm-hmm. then uh, plant yeah. those seeds for you. Let you figure for, it yeah, out. Yeah, for the, those future right. listicles where it was like, remember when you watched uh, Captain America: The First Avenger and, and you were seven, and and Red Skull oh. says not a scratch, and you're like, yeah. Well, here's what that means, and you're like, wait yeah. a minute. Oh, they're talking about the car. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really appreciate this moment too because a not only did he make Arnim Zola follow him all the way there, <laughs> right? And then go, okay, fine, I guess I'll take care of you, right? Even though he knows that he needs him, right? Mm-hmm. But also the fact that Arnim Zola runs so slowly and is so small, <laughs> like just all of it. And yet he goes, hmm, well, backtrack all the way and gives him his keys. But it's also fun because it shows, it. it's like a little bit of continuity essentially, because he drives that car in in the first scene. Right. I mean, the Red Skull does. Right. Uh, and so now when we're, sorry, spoiler alert, we're going to see the car again. Mm-hmm. Now you don't go, wait, how does he still have his car if right. the you know, place exploded? Right now you have a reason for him to go, this is us holding your hand to say, this is how the car gets to the next place. <laughs> but we also have to show you this cool technology. And my final thought is, and I, 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 I'm not trying to make fun of someone being shorter because, again, I am also short. But every time they show that car, they make it look huge. And I am wondering, did he have to sit on his briefcase in order huh. to drive that car? Oh. Because it looks like it is too big for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just a little comical. Yeah. Like if he had to quickly invent a quick little system for him to reach the pedals and he's like, you know, his little Arnim Zola like – Peering over the step stool, oh. I need your help now. Mm-hmm. Brick comes in. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. The the the, the drone was yeah. step stool. Yes. Yeah. Um, Brick goes. Can I come? He's like, no. I did not get permission. I wanted to also say that it's like he gave him the keys to his limousine or fire truck. 
Like, all right, here you go. You can drive this car, this giant car. Not right. tall, but very, very long. It is it's just yeah. genuinely a yeah. big car. It yeah. is of the period. And so it's, you know, yeah. back in the 40s, they were made in a much more like grand way. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. It's like a Lincoln before the Lincoln really existed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Hold on. Because those things were huge. Uh, my grandmother used to have one, and, and quite literally, our family used to call it the boat. Yep. Because it was just such a long-bodied vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. Gosh, I hate, hey, Colin, I hate driving yeah. cars like that. Yeah, I do. When I did do the Lincoln well. come out? Uh, Lincoln started in 1917, so it was alive and well. So. Oh. oh wow, that's cool. I I just feel like I didn't think about that because I've never seen one in any of these movies, which is really weird to me. That's because oh, that's because uh, Lincoln is a DC company. Yeah, that's it. That's got to be it. Uh, Melissa, I love podcasting with you. I heard <laughs> Melissa be like, this is a joke. I'm signing on. <laughs> I just found an article called The Coolest Cars Ever Featured in Marvel Cinematic Universe Movies. Ooh. All right. So uh, from from this website called hotcars.com, this is Ooh. the first and probably last time I will ever <laughs> visit this website. Uh, but, right. Boy, but yeah, we've cutting got to some... two years in the future when that is your homepage is going to be real. I know, right. right? Or like when you get to a thing, like a property that is like, okay, only murders in the car lot. <laughs> and so yeah. like now you have to do you have to do car extensive research every single week. I love that. Cars five, yeah. murder cars. <laughs> Absolutely. Vehicular manslaughter. Ooh. That'd be Cars five. Poirot Weird that it has trip. the word man in it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Now, this is going trip. That's very good. I love it. <laughs> that one's going places. Yeah. So okay. So here's the final thing that happens. Steve's like, mm-hmm. hey, there's the uh there's the exit. It's across this uh, dangerous uh, balance beam. Go ahead, Bucky. And so uh, Bucky, who, if I may, uh, about five minutes ago was strapped to a table having just been freshly ta- uh, tortured. Right. Going to work on some balance stuff. Um, so he, he walks across and it's getting looser. It's like a sobriety test. Yeah, it, it's like a sobriety te- test, but it's like a, if you, if, if you, if you don't, it, you die. You know, it's like, yeah. So anyways, he gets across right as the thing falls. Um, and Steve, he, he crawls across and he looks at Steve. They're like, he's like, maybe he can get a rope or something, which, you know, good old Bucky trying to help him solve the problems. Yep. And, and the fire would certainly not burn right, right through it. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And uh, then the, hold on, something, what, what movie is it where the rope, they're on a rope. Oh, Home Alone. Um, you know, relevant to the discussion. Um, so then Steve, yeah, he's just like, I'll just jump it because, you know, super soldier, hubris. Um, Steve, good man, kind of uh, really cocky and, uh, you know, confident. So that that translates to, I think I can make this jump. Oh, you know, part of the problem is that, you know, the, the issue here is that uh, Bucky took all the stupid with him, and now they're mm. back together. Oh, so now yeah. they're sharing the stupid. Exactly. They they transmit wow, stupid what through that. banter. I think that um, he has like a real confidence in the technology that made him, and uh-huh. he's like, you know what, this might work or not. We're right. gonna see. What's well, that? If you know, I haven't quoted The Simpsons or referenced The Simpsons yet this oh, episode. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, 
There's a, a very early episode where um, Bart makes his name in being a daredevil, and he like, you know, he Ron does all this cool okay. skateboarding stuff. And the episode's called Bart the Daredevil. And okay. so then he's like, "Hey, everyone, I'm going to jump Springfield Gorge, which is, you know, a canyon." Mm-hmm. So then he's gonna go do it, but then Homer finds out that he's gonna do it. So then uh, one thing leads to another. Cartoon, cartoon, cartoon. Homer's on the skateboard, and he's like. <laughs> Oh my God. Mm -hmm. He's going down the ramp. He jumps and he's in the air. He's like, Oh my God, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And he gets halfway and then he stops and just plummets because, you know, cartoon and it's hilarious. Right. That's what I feel like this kind of thing. Like, I, it sort of feels like Space Jam, not to, you know, reference another property uh, that we talk about on Scavenger Network, but like, if you stick with him through the whole jump, it starts to look ridiculous. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. you do a fire thing, then you get like that 1940s sort of a serial, like cliffhanger sort of deal. You don't have to show the ridiculousness of super soldier jumps. And landing. Yeah, exactly. You get to cut away to a typewriter, the most suspenseful Very clearly of all. like stumbling when he lands. Yeah, know? exactly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> um, they, they can make it look cool. Yeah. <laughs> super, also, super soldier with a middle ear infection is just, it's yeah, it's rough. The The other thing to consider here too is that like, he is, you know, much stronger and also so like he can like, you know, jump farther. He can drop farther, things like that. Sure. Right. So also what they could also not show is the exact same situation of him not making it, but like him landing two stories down and being like, I'll meet you outside. And then like running through the fire. Oh, sure. And he's yeah. fine. He just has a couple little singes on his costume. He's like, I'm good. Yeah. But like, they they don't want to show that because then that's like, oh yeah, great escape, Steve. I landed in a pool. My (laughs) uniform's actually been cleaned. All right, see you outside. Um, Yeah. Oh, and notable also in this is that Cap is not wearing his Cap gear. mm -hmm. He's wearing like, because he's gone kind of rogue in this. So he's wearing his like whole, you know, brown leather jacket with helmet. Yeah, he has, he's done... It's so it's so fun to have have someone who's um, I believe Colin said done theaters before um, on the show because yeah. uh, okay. one of the things you did say that I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a shirt of it now just so it's, I've done know, the nice theaters and, yeah I've done the theaters because um, he basically is like all right it's time to go take this character that I play and make it real in the war we're actually fighting so I'll dress up in my costume but instead of this this and this I'll replace it with a leather jacket and hiking boots or whatever. But mostly it's like my costume. And, you know, like we see like the helmet is like one of the showgirls is a helmet. Like, and his shield is clearly like there's a, there's a prop prop master or mistress somewhere. That's like, right. You dented my shield. Oh yeah. They're, they're furious. Oh, I suppose the red skull punched this or something. Right. Um, yeah. I think it's funny. The hybrid, nature of his costume in this mission which is like yeah pieced it together well, it's yeah. it's fun because to me it's like okay so he takes his uso outfit but then goes these two things are not functional right the old school classic red boot that he has with like the big uh fold in it right. uh, which they make sure to really show prominently like three or four scenes before this Cause like you haven't fully gotten a full body like look at him, right? So at one point they do an angle on like they do like this one angle to make sure that you really see those boots for about three full seconds, right. 
so that they can be like, look at how ridiculous this looks, right? And yeah. we used to draw them like that. Um, right. But the same thing with his little uh, like head wrap, like it's just cloth. So he's right. like, I'm going to take an actual helmet. Yeah. But what I li- really appreciate about this is that he's like, I'm breaking in in the middle of the night. I should wear something that's not bright and flashy. Mm-hmm. And so he puts on a leather jacket, uh, but then like he doesn't abandon it once he's been discovered. Right. I'm sh- I, like, I feel like surely this jacket is limiting your abilities, but he's like, eh, but I look cool in yeah, it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That is, you, that you is know, where you feel the movie uh, coming in where you feel like absolutely. the wardrobe department descending and being like, don't take the jacket off. It looks cool. <laughs> don't leave, leave the jacket off. It no. <laughs> looks fantastic. I do like, you know how they used to put maps on the inside of bomber jackets? Mm, so that if you that. didn't know that, but yeah. Okay. So if you if you look at like, I'm going to use huge air quotes here, authentic, but also authentic like bomber jackets on the like the part that touches your back, they would often have like a map, so that if you crashed and all you had was your jacket, you had a map. That's I think great. it would have been cool if instead of just sort of like I th- I'm going to look at this for five seconds and then remember it later. If he took it off his jacket real quick and been like, all right, there and there and there, and then put it back on. Bucky, let's go. Um, I mean, make Bucky put like bend over, like as if he's a table. Put it like there's a table right here. Right. And he goes, Hags, Steve Rogers. (laughs) I do. I I know I said it as a joke at the beginning, but I think that I think it is interesting. I'm going to probably make it my headcanon that um, the I can do this all day of pre serum Steve. Mm-hmm. Is what makes this like I can make this jump. Don't worry about it. Sort of Captain America thing where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll probably be fine. All right, let's go. Yeah. Which is basically all of I can't. There's no situation in any of the MCU where Captain America's thing is not eh, figure it out on the fly. It'll be fine. Let's go. Where's my leather jacket? And they're like that. You lost that sixty years ago. Um, that that got burnt up. Uh, and that jump Pe- that you did. Peter went to the Antarctic and uh, and took care of that. Yeah. Um, Does he yeah. wear it at any other point in this movie now that I think about that? No, right? Because he gets a different costume? Yeah, I guess so. It was Bucky's jacket, so. Oh, and he's like, I'm oh, joking. by the way, sorry about know, your jacket. I don't know for sure. I think that'd be funny. Right. Again, give me my jacket back now that I'm back. Thank you. Yeah. Oof. Did burn it when I made that bad jump. <laughs> Oh, Oops. goodness. And if he had had um, the information written in that jacket, it would have been yeah, really exactly. valuable. I, but, right. Yeah. Fortunately, I took I took a couple of extra seconds to uh, it's like when you write down your notes and that's how you study. Like the notes are there, but like the kinetic of the actual writing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. But for um, wartime map stuff. Sure. So that is uh, all I had for this sort of hefty, um, fiery uh, skull revealing scene. Um mm. We kind of have talked. Is there anything Stall else that melting. either of you wanted to bring up uh, that we didn't talk about before Colin takes us out of here? So I don't remember if this is in this one or the one we did before, but at some point, mm-hmm. at some point, I think it's Steve. I think it's Cap that says on your left. And I did notice that. <gasps> Melissa. Ah, it's the oh. very it's the split between them. The yeah. last thing in mm-hmm. the last episode is someone saying on your left. My hands were poised above my keyboard, and I was like, "No, I'm the only one that's noticed this. No, 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 just, just, just." I, don't. I somehow also did not notice it's it. It's very wow. subtle because it's just it like is. a little, like, uh, uh, just a passing, a passing, uh, yeah, phrase. You know, practical. Well, do you think that was done on purpose? Essentially, I mean, I mean like, I, 
I don't know. I think because I think in because that feels like a weird the, coincidence. Uh, is that that's that's Winter Soldier? The beginning of Winter Soldier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that, it's I'm passing you on your left. In mm-hmm. this, I think it's hey, on your left, there's a guy that there's, there's a, a guy to shoot. Right. Go yep. disintegrate that man with your soul stealer gun. I think I, I think in general, on it's your left, I think basically means like pay attention to yeah. your left. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you know, so that you know that, uh, you know, like. Your head should swivel in that direction. So right. well, that's why I don't that's why I don't go on bike trails anymore because on your left for sure makes me step slightly to the left. And that oh. is a dangerous bad thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. When I'm that's not when I'm uh when I'm running and there's, you know, a person in front of me that's like weaving back and forth and I need to pass them, um, I'll yell on your left and they'll yeah. usually, you know, go further to the left. It's great. Yeah. It's great. It really helps. <laughs> Your other left. Yeah. 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 That's a uh, repeat. Hey, people like me make uh, life harder. <laughs> so, you listen, you're, you're saying it, not me. So. Uh, that's right. That's right. But I am reading this email you wrote. So I'm just. Uh... James, come on. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You can't reveal all my secrets. Oh, it says here at the bottom don't read this. Tin. Oh, sorry. Oh. Um, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, my palm pilot. All right, so that was the daddest <laughs> joke. Please take that, Mary. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Uh, I don't what? normally call out my own dad jokes because I like to think that I can mm-hmm. stand by them, but that one that was listen, that was that pretty was really far, bad. and it was like, and and people aren't going to know what that even is, right? Especially now these Gen Zers who are out here listening to their podcasts and their Zooms and, uh, you know, doing their whips and nays on the Tic Tac. Um, So, okay. I'm going to actually be serious now. Um, In the the animatic of this this Hmm? thing that Colin just said, when someone makes this a cartoon. Do you want me to say it again, but like as an old man? No, I I want anything but that. What I want to see. Well, okay, well. Um, uh, I like. I want to see uh, when the things that you just referenced actually were popular because I think it would be really funny. Like, oh, it really would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like podcasts and zooms and whips and nays. They're zooms. They're whips and nays. Going to do the old man voice anyway. We all. Know. I yeah, was yeah. going to do it, to. Billy. <laughs> If Should there's I one thing I'm going to do, Billy, it's, it's to do the theaters. It's, it's, it's Chekhov's uh, old man voice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You got it right, Billy. <laughs> Everybody's Billy when mm-hmm. you talk to right. Grandpa. So listen, we're going to do our little exit stuff here. Uh, what we normally do in this little segment is to do a recommendation. Um, but since we have someone here from the Scavengers Network, uh, I would like actually for you to take over for the recommendation, if you could. And kind of like in the last episode, once again, just do a... Uh, not an introduction because this is the exit here, but you know, just a, a brief message about uh, your show, um, where people can find it, things like that. Yeah, I am co-host of the Amateur Detective Club, also on the Scavengers Network, and uh, you can find us wherever you find podcasts, pretty much. And we are at ADC Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we do murder mystery media reviews Perfect. and joke about it. It's fun. It's fun. It's Perfect. funny. Excellent. <laughs> Melissa, you have been an absolute delight. I have oh, really, good. really enjoyed do- doing these episodes. 
Will you come back and and join us again for other stuff? Absolutely. I mean, we have a lot more Marvel universe left to explore. If I may, Agent Carter looks for a lot of clues in some of those episodes. I'm just saying, like, there's some actual detective work. That's true. There is some. That is probably the most detective worked one. I would probably say. You know, I maybe Agents of Shield. I don't know. I haven't watched Agent Carter. Daredevil. It's one of the only ones I haven't. I know. I know. I need to. Our permanent co-host for all the Agent Carter episodes, Melissa Maley, is going to be. uh... (laughs) I have some homework. Luckily, it's actually a fairly short series. I think it's like 18 episodes. Yep. So. Yeah, season one being eight episodes long always feels like, man, what else are they going to? Oh, it's done. It's it's like it was Disney Plus before Disney Plus knew it was going to exist. You know? Right. Their whole thing is based on the the plan of Agent Carter. They're like, you know, back in the day. Let me tell you a story, kids. Gather around. There was a show. What if we did Agent Carter, but minus two? Um show that we have bigger budgets but less time to get things done um anyway i don't know what that comment actually meant so i'm just gonna move on and say thank you so much for joining us here on timeline scavengers we will see you all next time as always i'm colin parker i'm james anderson and i'm melissa maley wallace sean is another one that we could oh sorry yeah excelsior The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.